Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guest is Graham Lacey, and he is with Wrights Marina, and they are in Brit, Ontario, Canada, which is on Georgian Bay. And we are going to talk a little bit about the area around Brit, from Brit to Killarney, um, and focusing especially uh, the discussion on this, the small craft channel and some of the anchorages and things you can do to spend some time there. I think there may be some information lacking for current loopers because last year at this time, there were some pretty severe forest fires that kept loopers from going there. So as far as recent information that's available through other members, it may be a little bit lacking right now. So Graham was very kind to join us and share that information. Before we start the discussion, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with the business out of the way, Graham, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure to be speaking with you again this year. Yeah, so right before we started the, the recording, we were chatting, and it was almost exactly a year ago that we had you on the podcast under very different circumstances. And at that time, you were kind of guiding loopers on where not to go near you because of the, the pretty extreme fires. So we certainly want to update on that. But First of all, first off, for those who maybe aren't familiar with Wrights Marina or Georgian Bay in general, kind of let's lay the groundwork. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the marina and where it is. So Wrights Marina, Brit, Ontario is uh, located in the northeastern corner of Georgian Bay. We are approximately 120 miles north of sort of the getting in point of, of Georgian Bay at uh, Port Severn. Um, about an hour north of Perry Sound, 60 miles north of Perry Sound, an hour by car, three hours or so by, by boat. But uh, we're sort of a gateway to the, the, some of the less traveled small passage up into, on the route into Killarney. Uh, it has a little bit of a, a history of being a bit of a rocky shoreline, a little less friendly perhaps to unfamiliar boaters, but with the current water levels, small craft channel is, uh, there's, it's almost four feet above chart datum right now, so there's lots of water as we're traveling in through the small craft channel and into anchorages beyond. So this is probably a great year to, to do that if you've been hesitant in the past. So that's good news. And I do think that a lot of loopers um, kind of shy away from the small craft channel because they're concerned about being able to navigate it safely. So thankfully, you've got some local knowledge and you can share that with us uh, but let's start with updating everyone on the fires that happened last year so you know perhaps give us a little bit of background for those who didn't hear about it last year and then tell us what the status is of the areas surrounding you so the the fire started uh early in july last year it, it ran they actually the firefighters were on the ground until the snow was actually covering the ground last fall uh it was finally extinguished and declared under control sometime in october uh, fortunately, the the amount of uh, visible destruction from the fire, or the actual burned shoreline, is minimal from the small craft channel. A lot of the the area that was involved is more inland. But the, last year, the exclusion zone was designed specifically to keep sort of nosy people from looking, but also allow the people that were there extinguishing the fire, trying to control the fire, 
having to deal with visitors as well. So that's why the exclusion zone was as big as it was. Very little of the, the fire area is actually visible from the small craft channel. So for most of us that, are, uh, that actually travel up that way, unless you realize that the fire had taken place, you probably would not even realize that the exclusion zone existed last year. And, and fortunately, most of the shoreline is still lush green. Many of the anchorages are, uh, are unaffected by, by the fire. When you tie up to, whether you drop an anchor or tie up alongside rocks, it's still the, the, the pristine area that it was prior to the fire. So all things considered, we're very, very fortunate that it's not worse than it was. It was certainly challenging last year having to deal with the, the risk of the fire coming this way, but also the, the limited cruising that was available to people that come up perhaps only once in a lifetime to see arguably some of the best cruising areas in the world. Right. I know there was some disappointment for loopers last year, but certainly understood why they couldn't, why the exclusion zone existed. But for those unfamiliar with it, kind of tell us a little bit about where the exclusion zone, you know, how much distance did it cover that, that people could not cruise during this time last year? The, the, from here to Clarny is on the small craft channel is approximately 61 miles. About uh, five miles north of us is where the exclusion zone on the small craft channel began. And it continued almost up until the point of entry back into the small craft channel is at Beaverstone Bay, which is something in the neighborhood of about 45 miles north of us. So the small craft channel exclusion area was was 35 miles-ish or so, uh, but it, the amount of shoreline that was excluded from that area is hundreds of miles. The, the number of anchorages and, and gunk holing areas are countless. So the area was very, very big. Uh, Anchorages that were excluded were the Bustard Islands are very, very popular. They were part of the exclusion zone. The Bad River, another very popular spot. All of those were within the exclusion zone because they were at risk from the fire. So those things are all open now. Uh, there's no need to travel and bypass the, the same as you did last year. So loopers, of course, are primarily concerned about the waterway, but they also thoroughly enjoy the towns and cities they visit along the way. So from a non-waterfront perspective, uh, how is the area recovering? Are the, the towns and shops and restaurants and things that people might enjoy doing, um, both as a tourist standpoint, but also for the people that are local, um, how has the area recovered? Since the fire, the the local economy has certainly picked up. Obviously, people have been able, later last summer, people were able to get back in and go back to their, their cottages. So the local economy was boosted once those people started coming back. I think everybody was more than eager to, uh, to get to their places and, and see, first off, what had happened, but also just to be back in the area, see their friends, uh, get a chance to, to socialize, go out to some of the restaurants that are in town here or in the area. Just getting back to life as normal, basically. And this spring, it was a bit of a late start this spring, and I think people are even more eager now with having lost a good chunk of last season, now that we finally have a nice string of, of really nice summer weather, warm, what you would expect as summer weather. Everybody is eager to get back into their cottages, out on the water, and just to enjoy what the, the area has to offer. Yeah, it's great to hear that everything has bounced back. Um, you mentioned that, you know, for some people, this is a once in a lifetime visit by boat to this area um, and that it is some of the finest cruising ground in the world. For people who haven't thought enough yet about their loop trip to, to consider all there is in Georgian Bay and what they'll see and do there, kind of give us an overview of your area. What would you tell someone who hasn't cruised it before that was getting ready to head that way? Well, certainly the, the, 
prime attraction for the area is just its natural beauty and, and the fact that there are not a lot of cottages if you want to pull into an anchorage. There are ample opportunities to to be the only boat in an area or if you're a little more social then you have an opportunity also to, to raft up with other boats or be in an anchorage with other boats. But certainly the small communities along the way have a lot of history. Certainly Brit itself is was formerly a logging community back in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s was centered very much around around logging and some of the remnants of the old mills, um, the areas where they used to tie rocks or logs off in the river are still present. So anybody that's a bit of a historian along the French River, there's a huge amount of history for, for logging as well as uh, at natives way back in the um, as they were developing the areas as well. So history buffs will have a great time up in here, figuring uh, or learning of the, the, local, the local history from, from back in the you know, 1400s, 1500s, all the way up into the 1918 and 1900s when there's more commercial logging. Uh, coal, my, uh, coal ships would come in and offload in the community here in Brit as well. It's a deep water harbor. And even more recently, there's Great Lakes tankers would come up the, the channel and offload to tank farms. So a lot of history, unfortunately not a lot of it is still obvious, but there's uh, the local library has huge amounts of history available to those that are history buffs. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's the, the cruising and the anchorages is, is certainly at this time the primary attraction to the area. All right, so for nature buffs, there's also a lot to see and do there. What kinds of wildlife will they tend to see if they're um, at anchor or you know perhaps hiking around? Anglers have a, there's all kinds of fish. If you're an angler, there's a pike, pickerel, bass, muskie. Traveling through any given waterway at any time, you may see a bear rummaging through uh, berry patches looking for blueberries. Uh, as recently as a couple of hours ago, we saw a small cub about the size of a medium-sized dog foraging in the forest across from our property here. Uh, bald eagles are, are making a comeback here. Uh, the odd deer, you can find a moose in a swamp perhaps or up on the, the shoreline. Um, bears are probably, they, bears seems to be the most popular attraction. If people spot a bear, <laughs> they, that is, uh, it's almost a, a photo op for everybody that comes into the area. Birds are aplenty, uh, lots of loons, the natural call of the loon, that haunting call is nice to hear at nighttime, just as the sun's going down, they're around. There's in the winter time now, obviously not the the cruising season, but there's even buffalo up uh, on the way up to Killarney. Just before you get to Killarney, wow. there was a herd of buffalo that that is still in the area, but it's typically a winter vision, not a summer. But lots of lots of wildlife on the travels. Yeah, so obviously a place um, that you're going to see have a lot of cruising ty types of cruising that you don't do in a lot of places along the loop, but also lots of wildlife that you're not going to see in other places. So certainly a highlight for a lot of people. So let's talk a little bit more specifically. Um, Wrights Marina is in Brit. So let's kind of start there. Um, tell us some of your favorite things to see and do in Brit, and then we can kind of move from there on the small craft channel and you can share some of your favorite places, anchorages, things like that. There are, there's one restaurant in town here that, uh, that serves very good food. It's just up the way from us. Um, there are, there's a grocery store, small town community, uh, post office, nursing station. In Brit here, there's a, we have a legion that on Friday nights has uh, wings and, and fish. That's a local attraction. It's a nice way to, uh, for a lot of the community to come out, socialize once a week or every other week. A number of the boaters, local boaters, 
go in there as well, seasonal re residents, cottagers. It's an opportunity to, to catch up on, you know, the past week, the past month, people that may not have seen for a period of time. And for a lot of the people that are new to the area or just visiting the area, it's an opportunity to speak with some of the locals that in some cases may have grown up here and have not traveled great distances, but we're back, have, I know a lot of the history and can enlighten them on some of that as well as, you know, some of the newer uh, developments. There is a wind farm north of us, so there's some of those people that are still in the area giving a, an insight into the idea of the wind farm, the uh, expected production in the way of, of hydro into the system, and just the sort of the novelty of having that in the area as well. Mm -hmm. You might have mentioned this um, when we were talking about the exclusion area, but heading from Brit to Killarney, what's the distance? How many miles from Brit to Killarney? Through the small craft channel, it's approximately 61 miles on the, uh, if you go on the outside, if people want to do, to just go around basically through deep water, it's about 41 miles. Mm -hmm. 61 miles of, of small craft channel, hundreds of miles of shoreline. Right. So on the small craft channel, um, first of all, what size boat or what, um, what draft can typically get through there? The small craft channel is designed to be six feet in its narrowest spot at all times with the increased water levels in the Great Lakes generally right now we're it's six feet plus approximately four feet and that's the projected water levels for the month of July and August are approximately uh, four feet. Have you have you seen water levels that high before? I have not. Uh, in 86 the water levels were very close to this. We they're approaching all-time highs. The, the highest I saw was probably a, a foot less than this before this year. It's, wow. uh, it's, a, it's nice to have the extra water, but, of course, it presents a, a, a few shoreline challenges for, for some cottagers, specifically with their docks. Uh, erosion to areas that haven't been exposed to water before. So with the high water comes some of those obvious flooding issues and, and erosion issues that we have to deal with as well. Right. And and the high water throughout the Great Lakes has kind of been an issue for loopers this year, canal closures, lots of debris in the waterways. Um, but in this case, for the small craft channel, having that extra water could be helpful for some boats coming through because you've got the extra depth, of course. But are there any things to be concerned about with the extra water? Could there be some obstructions that normally would be visible from the surface that right now are beneath the water? If if somebody was to travel strictly through the small craft channel, then the short answer to that would be no. Uh, through the small craft channel is fine if they are prone to going off and starting to to venture off into different anchorages or bays, something like that. Then one nice thing is it's opened up areas that have previously been inaccessible. But there's always that challenge when you uh, when you go off a small craft channel that not not having a magenta line to follow or give you that sort of a guideline that you definitely want to have a bow lookout just to ensure that that things are clear the nice one of the nice advantages of the area is the water is is very very clear so obstacles or, or obstructions are, are quite visible below the water okay very good to know so between Britain and Killarney um, at 61 miles a lot of loopers could do that in one day, um, but because of the beauty of the area and how many wonderful anchorages and things like that are, most probably would want to consider some stops along the way. So tell us some of your uh, favorite places um, to anchor as you're heading from Brit to Killarney. So there's probably three, maybe four that uh, that I can recommend. And it, it they're spaced out nicely, so it can be done in a 
part of a day or a, a, a leisurely day's traveling to go from spot to spot, seeing the sights along the way and still being into an anchorage early enough that you can be set uh, for dinner time. So just north of us, the first place that, uh, that I suggest is it's called Henby Inlet. It's actually very near to the, uh, the site of the, the starting of the fire last summer, but it's a long, deep channel, well protected from all sides in, in foul weather, and boats as large as 100 feet have traveled in through there. It's about eight miles. The entrance to it is about eight miles north of Brit. It's about a two-mile trip into the, into the anchorage itself, deep water all the way, and as I say, boats as big as 100 feet have been in that area. It will hold easily a, a number of boats, a lot of boats will tie off to the rock on a nice uh, cliff-style anchorage. Mm -hmm. Some will drop a hook in shallower water, but and then for people that like to fish, it's a beautiful spot to fish. And again, it's only uh, about eight miles or ten miles into the anchorage from here, so easily done. If you left late in the day from here, be there for the evening. Uh, next, probably next spot, most popular spots of that is an area called the Bustard Islands. Uh, from Brit, it's about 22 miles. Again, it's a cluster of islands that uh, provides a natural harbor within it, well protected from, from wind in, in just about any direction. You can always find a safe haven in there, deep water access, and it's literally it's about a mile from the small craft channel into the furthest anchorages from it. Again, it, it would hold a number of boats that if you wanted to be social and be with an, a couple of other boats, that would be fine. If you wanted to find a little spot that you could hide out, that's a possibility too. Again, a cluster of islands off the shoreline. You still run into some mink, some otter. There'd be some bear possibly there. And a, 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 all kinds of spots if you happen to be looking for fish for dinner. So a nice little spot. Um, and then a little bit further on from that is the Bad River, which is where the French River dumps into Georgian Bay at the sort of the north, the most northern east corner of the, of the bay. Uh, there are when the water levels weren't quite so much. There are some rapids that people enjoy spending time in with their dinghy. But again, very very well sheltered. Not particularly far away. It's only 26 miles north of Brit, so still easily done. If you wanted to break the trip the trip into two, it's a nice easy day trip up into seeing a lot of scenery, getting up into the Bad River. Uh, lots of anchorages in there. Small community in there. There's a few cottages. There's an old fish camp. So still still some. Some local residents as well with some local knowledge for, for advice, but just a lovely spot for, uh, for people to go. Good holding for on the bottom, tying off to rocks, and again, accessible to boats that are sort of the typical 50, 45, 50-foot 50 boat that would be doing the loop. Mm -hmm. And then as you get a little bit closer to Killarney, the entrance into Beaverstone Bay and Collins Inlet, it's a, a long fjord-like entrance to, before you get to right to Killarney, and there's anchorages opportunities in there as well. It's a little bit more protected, uh, not not a bay per se, and more of a more of a long long channel that provides good uh, good coverage, good protection from the winter from the wind, and anchoring potential as well. Okay, so at at that point you're you're getting close to Killarney. I want to take a, a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about Killarney because that's kind of the next. Uh, town, I guess, so to speak, for, since Brit. Um, and so some of the things to see and do there. But I also want to talk a little bit more about um, the, the actual anchoring, um, the process of doing that uh, with the rocky bottom and, and tying off on a rock, as you mentioned, because some people may not be familiar with doing that. So we'll cover those topics when we come back.
Winter Harbor Marina is located on the Oneida River, 1.5 miles west of Oneida Lake in Brewerton, New York, just minutes from Syracuse International Airport. Winter Harbor offers the lowest diesel fuel and gas prices from New York City to Canada. If you find a lower posted documented price, they will match it. Their amenities include complimentary courtesy vehicle, 24-hour pay-at-the-pump fueling, dockside water and cable TV, pristine bathrooms and showers, and emergency haul-out service. For more information, call 315-676-9276 or visit www.winterharborllc.com. Winter Harbor is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. We're talking today with Graham Lacey of Wrights Marina in Britt, Ontario. And we're talking about the area that most loopers will visit uh, just after they stop there at Britt. Um, we've gone a little bit through the small craft channel and we're just about at Killarney. But you mentioned a few times, Graham, uh, the idea of tying off to a rock. So for some people that may sound unusual and different than something they've done before. So talk a little bit about how that works. So in some of the anchorages and, and perhaps specifically uh, the Henvey Inlet, there are some cliff walls or sharp rock walls that, uh, that will drop off and provide right at the shoreline a very deep, easy access area that you can step off the side of your boat or off the gunnel onto rocks. And what some of the locals will actually do is you know, they, they will use fenders, but they also carry some small old tractor, uh, garden tractor tires, something like that, to protect the boat. But um, using trees, there are a lot of the existing anchorages actually have pitons that have been placed into the rocks by previous boaters that are, that are there for people coming behind them so they can actually, you don't necessarily have to carry your own gear, but you can tie off just in some anchorages where people have left things before. Trees are are good anchoring things as well, but in most cases, somebody will also throw off a bow and a stern anchor just to, to secure if they're not completely familiar with the sort of local tradition or habit of, of tying off to the rock per se, but using some of the shoreline trees and or even larger rocks to, to loop ropes around to secure close to shore. Okay. And for someone who is actually going to drop a hook and maybe not tie up to a rock, any suggestions on what type of anchors hold best on the granite type bottom that you have there? A lot of the locals will uh, they use Danforth. Um, mm-hmm. There is a while there's lots of rocks. There's also plenty of areas that have sandy bottoms as well. So the traditional anchor for the sandy bottom is good. Uh, there's not a lot of weed cover in most of the anchorages, but um, the Danforth and the Rockna appear to be two of the most popular in the area. Okay, very good to know. Um, So let's talk about Killarney a little bit. Um, Talk about places to tie up there and things to see and do. Killarney, as you mentioned, is the the next, uh, and it's it's certainly a larger community than than Britt is. It's a a happening spot in the summertime. There's a lot of of boaters that will come from Michigan and and Killarney will be their, their ultimate destination. Certainly a lot of boaters from southern Ontario will, or southern Georgian Bay will travel up there as well. There are several uh, facilities, actually a couple of, uh, of, of sponsors of the association, uh, the Sportsman and Clarny Mount Lodge are there. Beautiful facilities, recently renovated both of them, uh, room for n- lots of boats. 
wonderful restaurants at both facilities. The, the community is, it's a small community. It's, it was based on fishing, commercial fishing years ago. There is still a uh, commercial fishing operation that's there, and it's, it's world famous, Herbert's Fish and Chips. Uh, there you can actually see the boats offloading the fish going into the restaurant, and people will travel from Perry Sound up to Killarney and back the almost 100 miles each way just for lunch. Some people, it, it has a small restaurant where people will be flying in. It's a, a, a very, it's a small community, but a happening place in the summertime. There's, there are, typically there's concerts going on at the Sportsman or the Killarney Mountain Lodge entertainment uh, by the docks for people. But that being said, if you wanted to travel just a little bit further to the anchorages just past it, you can be just as quiet as you want to be, or if, you, if the nightlife isn't your thing, then you know, quieter places are available as well. But it also boasts the, the aquamarine waters that you would typically associate with Caribbean waters are through the channel through Killarney. It's absolutely spectacular. Yeah, and I have not been to that area, but the, the pictures that loopers send me are just stunning from through there. Um, so uh, as you said, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime cruising opportunity for someone who perhaps isn't from that area and is on the loop. Um, any particular uh, anchorages or towns beyond Killarney that you would recommend people not miss? As they head out, there are a, a number of local the, – the North Channel in general is a, a – a, a cherished cruising ground and anchorage area for a lot of boaters that spend a lot of time in Georgian Bay and specifically the North Channel. Unfortunately, a number of them need local knowledge, but certainly communities that, on the, as people continue west towards uh, Drummond Island, which is, I believe, the one of the normal uh, approaches back into the U.S., there's uh, Little Current, a small community on northern, uh, northern Manitoulin Island, and then a little bit further along, Gore Bay, Little Current, the, our civic holiday is the August long weekend. There's always a festival that goes on in Gore Bay, and it's an attraction for local, local people as well as people from southern Georgian Bay and all across Ontario will go up there for the long weekend. They have, a fire, they have fireworks. They have concerts. It's a, a great attraction. Uh, again, if it, for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to travel through uh, for the, the long weekend in August, the first week, long weekend in August, it's a great opportunity, but beyond... Little Current is Gore Bay, and then there's still cruising and anchorages, but it becomes a little bit less as you head over towards Drummond Island. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for our current fleet of loopers that are out there, this is some great information as they're coming through. But we also have lots of listeners who are still planning, and many who live and boat at this point on the Great Lakes, uh, Lake Michigan. So great opportunity for a summertime trip up to Georgian Bay, and particularly the Small Craft Channel is uh, something extraordinary to visit. Um, we want to thank Wrights Marina for your sponsorship, of course, um, but also you have an event coming up this weekend. So tell us about that for, for those that might be in the area and still have a chance to get there. We do. On uh, Sunday of this week, we have our own little concert in the park. We have a, a young fellow by the name of Jeff Young. He's a local musician out of Perry Sound. Uh, he is a sort of a one-man band. He plays guitar. He also plays keyboard. He plays some of the... Uh, Classics from the, the 80s and the 90s through into some more modern music. He was here about two weeks ago to entertain some of our, our local boaters, and actually a, uh, a couple of loopers were in that night and, and were able to, to take part in the, the festivities that evening. But on our front lawn, right by the docks, 
Sunday afternoon at 3.30, we're going to have Jeff Young. He's going to be set up under a tent, and he's going to be entertaining until shortly after dinner time. He takes requests. He's just a, just a wonderful opportunity for, again, for people to get together, have a drink maybe, and listen to some music under the bright sunshine. Wonderful. Uh, Graham, anything I missed asking you about that you want to make sure we cover before we wrap up? Not that I'm aware. I can't think of anything offhand. But, uh, I just encourage people to uh, to consider the Small Craft Channel. It's, uh, it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I'm not sure that uh, there's a, there's not a lot of man-made attractions along the route, but it's certainly uh, a lot of pristine shoreline that uh, should not be missed. Right, and again, a, a great year to do it if you've ever been a little bit concerned um, if you draw you know deeper than some looper boats. Right. Um, this is a great time. So hopefully you'll see a lot of people coming your way. Um, Graham, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us again on Great Loop Radio. I appreciate having the opportunity. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.